my wonderful friends, welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God and faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Gary, minister to the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church in the beautiful city of Adelaide. It's really wonderful to be able to join with you once again. Uh, This week, we're taking as our theme, the journey of faith. And today we simply ask, what is faith? Today our co-host is Eric Hoare, and Eric ministers to the Adelaide Aboriginal Seventh-day Adventist Church. Welcome to you, Eric, once again. Well, thank you, Gary, and what a wonderful uh, Easter weekend it was, but I'm feeling a bit down today. A little bit down? Why yeah. is that? Well, I'm a bit despondent because uh, my good friend Daylight Saving went out the window on the weekend. Oh, uh, Eric, now look, I, I wasn't actually going to bring this up, but you know, I, you know, now that you have brought it up, I just do have to, sh- oh, no. you know, I am rejoicing about this one, <laughs> Eric. I, I mean, I realise that, you know, for you, it's, uh, uh, it's a problem losing it. For me, I rejoice. You know, Eric, I have been out walking. It's been lovely to start walking just as the sun rises up over the horizon. You know, I really really envy our good people up there, our listeners in Queensland that don't have daylight robbery. Well, oh, I, I'll tell it's you wonderful. I tell you, Bastard, I don't mind it this time of the year, but when it gets in a few months' time, when it gets dark around five o'clock, you know, and the sun goes down and, and it starts, the sun starts to set five, half past five, man, I like it a bit lighter at night, you know. You know? Yeah, but then at least we've got some light in the morning. <laughs> I mean, hey, this is, um, yeah, no, I, I, I really, um, I'm really pleased that it has come to this. <laughs> Uh, this particular time of the uh, time of the year. Um, now, look, so tell me, we've just finished Easter. Mm. What did you do over Easter? Well, went to church on Saturday. There was a lovely service taken there at Birdwood, and really enjoyed that with some of the family. And then we gathered on Easter Monday. Actually, um, we uh, had the family together. We had a barbecue at one of my son's place, and uh, all of the family came. Most of the family came, and in fact, one of my um, our granddaughters came all the way from Victor Harbour, a couple hours drive, uh, and she's 18 now. She can drive. So she came there. We had a lovely barbecue together. Then we sat around and talked and then we took the, all the, all the young grannies away. Uh, there's, uh, you know, eight of them away from there, uh, with a little baby there. And so we took them away down to the playground and gave the ladies a break while they chatted and we had, uh, they played on the swings while we had a game of cricket between some. It was lovely. Ah, oh, that's fan. I mean, with, uh, with eight nine grandchildren you've actually got almost enough for a, you know two decent sort of sides <laughs> there haven't you i'll tell you what those little kids can bowl too i tell you got me out a couple of times <laughs> <laughs> oh the woes of that yes yeah, so I, I know in my own my own case we just had a, a gender reveal and i've discovered that oh. we're actually going to have a granddaughter which is absolutely fantastic oh, congratulations. You know, we are we, we are rejoicing about that oh, and uh, you know that will be number one for us so you're vastly experienced i'm totally <laughs> inexperienced but really looking forward Oh, to, the, uh, the little uh, girls. We've got uh, how many? We got. We've got one, two, two grand, uh, three, three grandchildren, and I t- little girls. And I tell you granddaughters. what, granddaughters, uh, granddaughters. They just keep you so uh, happy. It's good to see them all as they grow up, start to get the ribbons in the hair and the and the pretty clothes. The boys are nice, and uh, but you know, 
granddaughters are beautiful. But they bowl too fast. Yes, they do. (laughs) Look, let's come to our World Watch segment. Uh, Really love this particular uh, segment. Uh, I uh, Just a a couple of days ago, a survey was released here in Australia. I love when it's uh, Australian-based surveys. This one was done by McCrindle Research, and uh, the title of the article was We Asked Australians If They Believe in God or the Supernatural. Now, of course, this is reflecting back on the whole uh, Easter uh, celebration. But it's an interesting question. Do you believe in God or the supernatural? Here uh, is what the what the article said. Uh, the survey was of a 1,000 people carried out by McCrindle Research for the Centre of Public Christianity, and it asked respondents about their openness to the existence of a range of spiritual realities – Ghosts, miracles, angels, a higher power, God, the soul, the ultimate meaning and purpose in life, and whether there's life after death. The results suggest that as a nation, we may not be as sceptical as we think we really are. In an interview in 2005, the poet Les Murray was asked how comfortable he felt with being an eccentric Australian voice, a rural poet speaking for an urban culture, a Roman Catholic speaking for a largely secular people. This is what he responded. He said, I just speak as I am. I'm a Catholic and I don't believe that other people are necessarily secular. I think that intellectuals are mostly secular or are required to pretend that they are. But broader people are much more varied. This new survey actually backs up Murray's intuition. Uh, For example, on the question of miracles, roughly a third of people, 31.2%, responded, I believe miracles exist. Almost another third said, I'm open to the possibility that this exists. Some opted for unsure or unlikely, but only 13.8% were willing to say they did not believe there's any such thing as a miracle. Now, Eric, does this surprise you at all? It does. It really does. I mean, you know, um, when we talk about miracles and uh, a third of them say, you know, only 13.8% were willing to say they did not believe there's any such thing as a miracle, that really does surprise me. I thought the figure would be way higher than that. Well, I certainly, certainly from what comes through in our secular world, Mm. uh, I would have certainly suggested that um, those numbers were, were very low, and yet this is a fairly reliable um, survey um, research company. Uh, Tell me something. If you were to ask, um, you know, you're the pastor of an Aboriginal congregation, how do you think they would respond? Oh, they would. They they truly believe in miracles, yes. Um, They they have felt the power of God in their lives and uh, and they fully understand that uh, God blesses as we follow him and does create miracles in their lives and a change of their life. Because really when we talk about miracles, a lot of these things are a change in nature by following Christ and therefore living a better lifestyle and a better thing. They understand, but they also see that the devil can create uh, almost miracles like he, he creates substitutes. They mm. understand that. In fact, they call them. They've got names for of the devil and his angels, and they, they often talk about that, that there is like uh, some of the outback place have black magic, and yeah. the ones that have come out of that understand that and say that some of their children are still caught up in that black magic, and they, they curse people and put curses on them, and they 
they understand that and they, they say that's very powerful as well. They want to be out of that area. So they turn to God for his miracles, his blessing. This is mm. something that is uh, incredibly real to certainly mm. people in your congregation. Mm. Oh, definitely. Yes, they, they often talk about it and, uh, and they know because, um, the, the pressure that the world is under at the moment, the devil is working very hard to deceive. And so therefore he is creating all sorts of obstacles in their lives that when they start to study the word and start to study scripture, then the devil kind of comes in and gets more active. They understand that and, and, and we see it happening often from one week to another amongst the people. But they know that if they stay strong in their faith with Christ, if they follow, continue walking, they do see miracles happening around them and they, they recognize them and each week they come up with something. In other words, there is a supernatural power and that's something mm. as I, as I look yeah. at this, I'm saying, hey, most people are actually, tell me, do you think that the, the media, because I'm conscious that the media at the present time has got a huge emphasis on the supernatural. You know, mm. there are just so many programs out there that talk about the supernatural. Do you think that's actually conditioning people to uh, give the positive response that they're actually giving to, uh, to these questions? I think to a certain degree, what I'm surprised about this is I think a lot of the supernatural that's brought out in the media is actually uh, things like spirits and ghosts and things. And yeah. I would have thought that that's the way people are heading down that line if they're yeah. thinking of miracles you know uh, you you know you see a lot of the even the children's movies now Harry Potter uh, uh, things like that they they tend to sort of be drawn to those things where um, you know these things seem to attract people into those molds yeah. the yeah. supernatural yeah. Yeah. so it does surprise me these figures I, I would have thought that the the spirits of the of their outside the Christianity that sort of thing would have a, a huge drawing on people yeah so yeah, the people yeah. must be reasoning through a lot of Stuff. Well, well, one of the most interesting things, the survey did actually go on and it started to talk a little bit about uh, the uh, the more youthful population. Surprisingly, it said, surprisingly perhaps, it was the youngest age group, the 18 to 26-year-olds. Now, of course, this is the group that's been most impacted by certainly a, a incredibly media, um, media-pushed society uh, who expressed the most openness to the non-material. 48% of them... Uh, believed in life after death, uh, and uh, another 28% were open to that possibility. The percentage who said, I do not believe this exists, um, that is, uh, a future life, um, uh, never rose above double digits for this cohort. Mm. 9% uh, were prepared to, uh, 9% doubted ghosts, and only 4% doubted life after death. By contrast, the oldest age bracket, 76 plus, were much more sceptical. A full 40% said they did not believe in ghosts and 28% dismissed the possibility of life after death. Now, of course, this is the group that has had the been impacted the, the least by the contemporary media. Mm. Um, do you sort of see that link there? Yeah, I do. I thought the results would have been the other way around, actually. Oh, I would have thought so, too. I would have put them, you know, swapped them around. But in this case here, it's amazing. It gives us hope for the youth of today. Of Well, the going. thing that, that I suppose concerns me, however, is that when they talk about the supernatural, all mm. they see is evil forces mm. uh, rather than the fact that there is actually an, a, a heavenly God, a mm. supernatural God, who has got power to do miracles. But there is also according to the scriptures, a 
power uh, that is opposed to the to the God of heaven. Mm. I guess you'd have to look and say with these statistics here. When they talk about life after death, are they looking at the Christian point of view or are they looking at some other means so they come back as something else or whatever, reincarnated? I guess that's the question here. But the thing is that a lot of um, today's youth and everybody, you know, we all want evidence. We want to see it. And, of course, you know, you're not going to see some of these things. It's only by faith and understanding the Bible, what the Bible says. So it'd be very interesting, uh, these figures that are coming out, because the world is mixed up. And I, I honestly believe that we're heading into darker times uh, with all this stuff here it's becoming confusing for many many people yeah uh, but there's only two two masters you know and we've talked about that is either God or the devil so yeah yeah look folks if you want a, a copy of that particular research it was only posted just two days ago it's intriguing uh, research just go online you're looking for um, uh, McCrindle research uh, for the the center of public Christianity the survey they did uh, the article that I'm referring to is entitled uh, We Asked Australians If They Believe in God or the Supernatural. Here's what they said. And uh, uh, and you get this. It's about a four or five page uh, read. Uh, I think you'd greatly appreciate it. It really said a great deal to me about faith and belief in Australia today. Let's come to, uh, to some music. Uh, this, is, uh, this is Michael Card. Uh, that's what faith must be. Must 
Michael Card. That's what faith uh, must be. We've got a fantastic uh, giveaway for uh, for you today. Uh, we're uh, we're giving away the book A Desire of Ages. Now, look, this week we're actually talking about faith. We're talking about the journey of faith. Today, we're asking what is faith. And you know, there's one book more than any other that has really been able to build my faith, and it's this book, Desire of Ages. This is a book that I have used numerous times as my morning devotional book. I have often been able to take a chapter, just read a chapter, uh, look at the scriptures that are involved uh, in that particular chapter. It's actually the story of the life of Jesus Christ, uh, the desire of ages. It's a beautiful. Eric, do you know this book at all? Oh, outside of the Bible, this is my favourite. Um, basically, when I before I was a Christian and I, um, I was reading the Bible, I was given this book, and I found that it 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 really brought out to me the love of Christ throughout it, throughout yeah. his life, and it and it really it brought the parables to life. That's what I liked about it, and gave mm. that deeper meaning along with the Bible. Gave it all the text, but it brought out the love of Christ so much. And I, look, I've given these uh, given these away and sold a lot of these as uh, when I was a literature advanced. That is somebody that went to the door selling Bibles and and books and things. And uh, I've seen people's lives change through this book. It is a wonderful book to read, and it really will add to your Christian walk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, thanks Beautiful. for that recommendation, Eric. Yeah. Look, you know, to me, uh, this week, this journey of faith that we're talking about, this, uh, we're talking about, you know, what is faith? But look, we really want faith to grow in your life. And one of the things that I'm so conscious, uh, does occur is when you're actually able to spend time with the Lord, when you're able to spend time first thing in the morning. And this book is one, is absolutely brilliant. I use it, I use it myself. Uh, can I please encourage you to get hold of the book A Desire of Ages. Now, look, if you would like uh, your own copy of uh, of the book Desire of Ages, then just please text your name, your address, and your mobile number uh, to our uh, to our station here. Uh, our t- our station text number is o four triple eight. 80811. That number again is 048811. And, uh, we'll get that uh, book to you as fast as we, uh, as we possibly can. You will love that book. That, this is a life changing book. This is a faith developing book. This is an amazing uh, devotional book that has changed just so many lives. That number again is 048811. This is a book that I use. I've, Actually read this book last year um, as part of my uh, devotional time. And uh, if you also, if you've got any questions or comments or requests for a friend, please feel free to use that same number and uh, and send uh, uh, send us through your request. By the way, I'd like to say thank you to our listener uh, who did actually refer me to the McCrindle research because uh, that was actually referred to me uh, by one of our listeners. Thank you so much for uh, for doing that. Uh, and once again, you can use that number. If you've got research, if you're aware of uh, literature uh, that you believe uh, may be of use to us on our program here, uh, please feel free to text that information through to us at 04888-80811. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time, big Q&A with uh, Pastor Gary. Today our co-host is Eric Hoare, and Eric ministers to the Adelaide Aboriginal Seventh-day Adventist Church. This week we're taking as our theme... 
the journey of faith. And today we're asking, very simply, what is faith? It's an article that I, I picked up from uh, Focus on the Family. It, uh, it's, it was entitled, What is Faith? And it starts with a little story that I think many of us can really relate to. The, uh, the article starts in this way. I'll never forget the autumn day when my wife and I drove our eldest daughter, Crystal, to college. She was technically an adult, but I still saw a little girl whenever I glanced in her through, at her through the rearview mirror. It was exciting to see Crystal transition into independence, but it also caused me a great deal of concern. I think many of us who have had the same experience can certainly relate to this. Is she, is she ready? I wondered. Will she make wise choices? Is her faith strong enough for life's challenges? The answers would come soon enough. Some of her choices were good, others were not. But more than anything I've ever experienced, watching Crystal head into adult life underscored for me the importance of instilling a strong faith in our children. Once our children leave the nest, they'll need to rely on their own ability uh, to go to God during trials and successes. They'll need to secure their own faith. But what does that really mean? What is faith? The one definition I always told my children is that faith is acting like God. Faith is an action done in response to God's viewpoint on a matter. You know, I, I really appreciated that, uh, that little definition, and we'll come back to that article just a little bit, uh, a little bit later. But Eric, you know, this question of, of what is faith is actually a really huge one, particularly in the Christian world today, because there are so many, uh, pseudo faiths, as I call them, out there. There are so much, uh, there is so much, uh, deceptive, so many deceptive voices in the big wide world out there. Just help us out with this one. What is this thing called faith? Well, faith is uh, <clears throat> the most important part in a Christian's life. I don't think you can really follow Christ an issue of faith. It's kind of like, you know, when uh, I was growing up, Pastor Gary, and uh, I, I didn't like the darkness. That's maybe why I like daylight saving, maybe. But uh, <laughs> I remember I used to have, uh, like to have the light on in my room. Yeah. And I found out as I, when I grew up, I knew that the light switch would bring me the light. I knew that every time I went to the light switch, I'd have light. And I guess faith is like trusting so that every time I hit that light switch, there would be light. And it's the same with God. When we trust God, we know that he is there and that he's going to answer us and learning to put that full and utter trust in him. Because when I was growing up and um, and I wasn't leading a Christian life and uh, I was doing the things that I was doing, drinking and, and whatever, gambling. I was very heavily into horse. I used to own a greyhound and everything. And when I was going through that, I was I was kind of following what my mates were saying. But when I came to understand and started to read the Bible, things changed where I started to put my faith in a God who was speaking to me and was changing my life inside from the inside outwards. I mean, I was still rough on the outside and probably still am. But he was changing me inside this, this source of power is what we're mm. talking about here. Yeah. And that's faith. That is believing, truly believing, really believing. I mean, your faith, you can say you've got faith in God, but when you're tested, I guess that's the times when it really shows if you really do believe. I mean, I've never lost a child through death. Yeah. I don't know how I'd handle that. Yeah. And I guess that's the big challenge, you know, for all of us is just how strong is our faith. 
So this yeah. is believing, truly believing and having faith in something. And we're here now, we're talking about the faith in God. And, and this is actually a real challenge because what we find, you know, I mean, for example, I just think of uh, the book of, the book of Romans, for example, you get the, the first, the first chapter there. And, uh, Paul, um, makes this immortal statement. You know, he talks about, you know, I'm not ashamed of the, the gospel mm. of Christ. It's the power of God to salvation to everyone who believes to the Jew first, also to the Greek. Uh, and then, he quotes from the Old Testament. He says, from faith to faith, as it is written, the just will live by faith. You know, yeah. this is a this is a huge statement that the just, the righteous, those who are following Christ, are somehow have either learnt to yeah. walk by faith. But what is faith? Well, this faith is placing your your um, trust and understanding on a, on a higher power, and this. In this case, it's Jesus Christ. I mean, you know, you can trust the world, but it's going to let you down every time. You can trust money. You can trust whatever. But this is what it's talking about, having an absolute faith in something that's unseen because you've felt the power in his life. I like to look at, um, when we're talking about this, Ephesians 2.8, it says, For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. So here it's talking about being actually saved through your, through faith. And this is not from yourself. It is the gift of God, not your works, but actually a gift from God. So actually it's talking about salvation here is done through the power of faith. Mm. And, you know, sometimes, Gary, we feel we've got to earn, we've got to earn that. We've got to earn our way to heaven. Yeah. Like for instance, Gary, uh, here's five dollars. Oh wow! Thank you, yeah. thank you for that, Eric. Now, the listeners, I've just, I have passed. He has, he has passed past real five dollars. How do you feel? I've given that to you. That's that's a gift. Uh, thank you, Eric. I really appreciate that. Yep. Do you feel that uh, you're probably wondering why I give you five dollars? Yes, I could have given you a hundred, but I've only given you Actually, five. Actually, I am wondering why. why <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's interesting, Pastor, and I don't want it back. That's yours. That is totally yours. Now, what happens, Pastor Gary, is uh, it's happened to me in my life when somebody has done something for me and I feel like I owe them something. Yeah. You know, they've given me, uh, um, sometimes they give me a gift and I haven't gotten me a gift and I feel so bad. You know, you're probably wishing. Yeah, if you turn up to a party and everyone else has got a gift but you haven't got one. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, and sometimes you think, oh, there's a catch behind this. You know, like the other day, um, what I do now is I get my wife a hot drink in the morning and, you know, I give it to her. Now, to start off with, she's a bit suspicious. Why is why is Eric doing this? But I do it mainly every day now. I, I bring her a drink in bed, which is really nice. But, you know, but we, we are suspicious of why the, why this is happening. But here it's talking about that this is actually a gift from God and it's it's grace, it's mercy and grace. It's a kindness given to us through faith. Mm. And through that faith means that you have, he gives us the gift of salvation. Now, Gary, I thought about giving you $10 and I thought, no, that's a bit high to give you $10. So I only gave you five. I could have given you a 20, but I didn't. Now with God, it's different. He gave us his all. Yeah. He gave us his life, the most important thing than a gift, you know. And for us as humans, we don't kind of understand that so much. We feel that we have to earn our way there. But it's saying here that it, that we're saved by grace through his mercy by faith. Yeah. And that means that we love God so much that we accept what he's saying. And here it says, not by your works. You can't do anything to get that grace through faith. You actually just accept it and it will change your life. Because what happens then? You go out and you show uh, grace to others by faith. 
Yeah, yeah. That that is the life giving uh, change, isn't it? Because you yes. know that text that you quoted from Ephesians is actually so powerful. For by grace are you saved, uh, but it's been received through faith, and uh, of course that. Being saved by grace means that, uh, as you rightly point out, there is nothing that we've ever been able to do. And, you know, I'm so conscious of the number of people that I have certainly worked worked with and ministered to throughout my, my ministry, people who have really been struggling with the events of life. Uh, and, and I think of people who are, you know, people who have been addicts. Mm. Uh, I think of individuals who uh, have um, uh, have struggled uh, with with family family issues. Now I know faith isn't an automatic get out of jail free card, and we've got to come to this particular issue at some point, uh, and we will actually do that. But I'm so conscious as well that when faith is actually brought into the life, I've seen so many people change from what was. To something that is far better. And, and it's a complete swing around, whereas in the world, the way people treat you, even family, particularly in addiction, is something that is totally opposite from what we're talking about here. There is a reason that they do things for you, that family will do things for you when they're yeah, addicts. Yeah. It's totally, completely here. We, we, it, and it's a different, we're not, we're not to usually, um, we can't understand this in our human nature. Uh, this gift that's free. Yeah. And I think all of us as Christians really try at some point in our time and our lives, try to earn our way to him. We think if we do this, but that's not what Christ is saying. I remember one time, Pastor Gary, I, I was listening to the radio and there were some contestants there. Uh, there was a, a guy who had, there was three girls and, um, it was, he had to pick a partner. He like, he, he wanted to have, you know, to go out with one of them and, um, so he asked the three girls um, questions, and they asked him questions. And one thing that he said, which didn't ring true to me, he said, I go to church, uh, I, I go to church because, uh, and I believe in God, uh, I don't go to dances because my church tells me not to. It's wrong. It, it's what God tells us. It's it's the faith in Jesus that He is speaking to us, not actually yeah. the church. That the the church helps us as uh, in fellowship, but it's actually Christ that we have to have the faith and to listen to Him. And if you look at um, Romans three twenty two, where does this um, faith come from? That says this righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference between a Jew and a Gentile. And you know, Eric, uh, this this issue of Paul presenting on faith mm. in in the book of Romans is so is so important to all that um, occurs in our Christian life. I just back to that original one, uh, Romans uh, chapter one mm. uh, and uh, and verse sixteen. The just shall live by faith. You know, there was once upon a time, very early in my uh, in my life as a as a Christian, where I used to used to think that okay, the just will live by faith. Oh, that means that they're going to live eternally uh, by faith. But you know, the thing that I, I came to realise, and actually during my college days, uh, was that a faith. Uh, is actually something that is uh, not going to be needed uh, when Christ comes again, when 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 He has come, when the when the future existence takes over, because 
because what we have is it has this incredibly uh, beautiful picture of faith finally reaching its climax. Mm. Do you know when faith becomes reality, faith is no longer needed. Mm. But when do I need to walk by faith? Well, I suggest that we actually need to walk by faith here and now in this particular life. That's what Paul's saying. He's yeah. saying, guys, yeah, I want you to be able to walk daily. Uh, in your day-to-day living, I want you to walk by faith. But, Eric, what does that actually mean? Well, I honestly believe that it's it's connected with this Romans 3.22. There is no difference between a Jew and a Gentile because a Jew saw everybody outside of their group as, as the lost. Yeah. They thought they were righteous. It's telling us that Christ came to us, the Bible says, while we were yet sinners. Yeah. So even though we are still doing wrong, we can still have faith in Christ right now to start that walk, to start that process of coming close to Christ. To accepting him as our saviour mm-hmm. It is that very, those very first steps Which can be can be so hesitant I remember one case Pastor Gary And this was to me Was to me was a huge step of faith When I used to work at, at a newspaper And triple time on a Saturday and, I, and through the Bible God was calling me to, to worship him on the seventh day On his holy day The seventh day of the week and, and to me it was such a huge step It took me maybe one or two years Before I fully could step out, but God was with me and showing me through different things that were happening in my life that He was with me as mm-hmm. I was, as my faith was building to be able to do it. So what He does is He, He, we're all different. We can accept faith straight away and go and do something, or it can be a process where we take those little steps and, and our faith walk. But the whole thing is, is that to, to, um, follow Christ and to accept the faith, uh, in our lives and that faith must must flow out of us. Mm. It's not just accepting faith for ourselves. Mm. It's got to be a process where we actually start coming out of us. And one of those, one of the texts that I, I think is, is such a struggle for all of us is found in James 2.14. It says, what good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Wow. So, in other words, what we're talking about here is a thing such as there's true faith, but then there's also a a, a fake or a, a false or a a pretend a faith out there in the religious world as well. I mean, you get examples of this. I mean, when. I can well remember uh, when I when I was younger, you would have uh, uh, the Protestants and the Catholics in Northern Ireland. They used to, you know, throw throw bombs mm. at uh, at each other. You know, you get uh, certain parts of the world today where you get religious violence taking place. You know, why is it that as you know as Christians we don't become involved in things like religious violence? Mm. Uh, well, because we're walking by faith, and uh, the weapons of our warfare are. are Weapons of uh, that deal with the intellect for the challenging of the human mind. You know, they're the things that we're actually dealing with. Uh, we're not trying uh, to walk in a physical manner uh, and oppress people 
in any way. No, and the fruits of the Spirit are, you know, joy, peace, and happiness. It's bringing together. And that's the opposite, and faith is very much involved in that and the changing of our lives. But the thing that I notice here is um, it's saying here that the faith produces good deeds. We, We sometimes get it around the other way to think that we need to do all the good deeds to have faith. But when it is, when we accept faith and understand God, then we can, then what happens is we start to naturally do good deeds. Can I put this another way? You know, mm. one of the things that I suppose I really appreciate is, uh, the, is Hebrews 11, because in Hebrews 11, we actually get, and we might just come to that particular chapter, the thing I appreciate about Hebrews 11 is that through faith, the heroes of faith claim the promises of God. And that, it's almost as though throughout this chapter, the thing which really jumps out at me is that the heroes of faith, it wasn't so much their good deeds, but it was more the fact that they were actually involved in continually claiming the promises of God, how they dealt with the issues of their life, of their particular experience, was rather than saying, hey, I've got the skills, I've got the ability, I can deal with this particular issue, rather what they said was, hey, what does God say, what are the promises of God to to me at this time in the scriptures, and they functioning according to the promises of God, to me. That is actually the walk of faith. That's right. Because really faith is needed for what we can't see and we can't touch. You know, um, faith does not contradict reason, though it might go beyond reason. And we, we often, uh, accept things by faith. I mean, you know, some of the people here listed in Hebrews 11, when you look at it, Noah never saw rain, you know, and he accepted it by faith that he understood, he trusted God that much, that he understood that he just had to follow what God was saying. And have you ever done that in your life? I've done that in my life when I've yeah. followed God, not understanding why. I mean, there are some rules in the, some talks in the Bible about our health. Mm. We should do these. I didn't understand why uh, you do that. Now, now when it's all coming out scientifically that it's proven the Bible right. Yeah. Now I, I can understand that, but you follow because you follow the voice. You follow who you uh, follow. And for those who are, are caught in the other trap, they follow what they hear elsewhere. Yeah. So yeah. this is a dividing line here between faith in God and faith in something else. In other words, this is uh, relying on the revealed word, mm-hmm. even when sometimes it doesn't make total. It might not, to me, make total sense. I mean, for example, I mean, I I believe uh, very strongly that uh, the Lord God uh, created this world in a short period of time just uh, just a recent few few thousand years yeah. ago yeah. now I believe that and I can give incredible evidence to actually back that up I believe the evidence is just astounding to actually show that reality uh, but you know I'm also conscious that Ultimately, can it be a proven uh, in the way that it's beyond uh, any 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 shadow of a doubt? Mm-hmm. Um, well, uh, probably the level of proof that is expected today it probably can't be. Is there evidence to back it up? Yes, there most certainly is evidence. Uh, can I um, uh, can I prove? Uh, the opposition theory, the theory of evolution. No, you cannot. Uh, that physically cannot be proven uh, either. Uh, both remain theories. Both are based on evidence. Um, but ultimately, 
faith comes into both theories. Uh, mm. Do you know, to me, it's when I realise that that I realise that, hey, you know, the the Christian life does involve a significant amount of this thing called faith. And also, Pastor Gary, when you look at what you're talking about creation, can you prove it now and that you, you take it by faith? But when you put the rest of the Bible together and you look at Daniel 2 and the, and the big statue and the future of the world and see that that's true, when you add those things on, you know that God is telling the truth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, so, and that's, that's the thing that, to me, it really encourages me because the walk of faith, sometimes one of the big questions that people ask is that, you know, faith is some, that they, they present faith as though it is blind. You know, I'm taking a leap in the dark. It is something that is blind. It's something that there is no substance there for. And yet, you know, to me, what you've said is so important and so powerful because what's occurring is that um, faith can always have, always has um, evidence to back it up. And, and you use an excellent example there because when you have a look at the, the prophetic elements in Scripture, uh, what you actually see there is evidence from fulfilled prophecy to say, hey, this is something solid that I can actually base my faith on. I don't need to be taking a leap in the dark. Mm. Uh, when I'm taking uh, something like, uh, like, like creation, am I just leaping in the dark? No, that's certainly not. I am certainly not doing that. Uh, is there evidence there? Um, there most certainly is. But is faith also required? Yes, it is. It's interesting, Pastor Gary, because when the time when I said that I left my work to keep the Sabbath, I went into another work going door to door, and that was new to me, but I was excited because I felt my God calling to it. But now when I look back on it, uh, 30, 40, 30 years I was doing it, all that time, when I look back on it, and if I had taken into account all the things that I might have thought about that may have stopped me, I don't know whether I would have stepped out in faith. Yeah. So God takes us to a point where we just follow him. And people in the church were telling me not to do it. I wouldn't be able to survive. So, you know, you get these pressures, but when you hear, when you follow in faith, like no, you mean even me. even re, let me get this even religious people um, said to you that hey look you know uh, you can't survive so you know this is it's better if you don't go and sell religious literature. That's correct, um, and 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 I remember the the head elder one time. Uh, coming up and talking to me about it. And it's interesting that five or six years later, when I, when I was surviving it and, and doing quite well, he actually came and prayed for me because we had an outreach at his church. He was the exact elder that told me not to go into it. And t- he actually came and prayed for us as literature evangelists going yeah. out. So, you know, uh, the thing is to place your faith on Christ because you feel the calling. He's yeah. called us not only to be your as a minister and whatever. He's calling the listeners today to follow him. Yeah. And it's that step of faith, believing. Not Don't listen to those people around you because there will be plenty of them with doubts. Faith is believing and trusting. And when you read the scriptures and you put them all together like we've talked about, the creation, uh, the way Jesus was born, takes a huge leap of faith to believe that the Holy Spirit was the Father that came to yeah, Mary. Yeah. All these things. But then, you know, in Hebrews 11, and then it goes in and it talks about all these he reminds us of faith in Hebrews. Yeah, around. yeah, yeah. And look, we're going to come to that yeah. in just uh, just a moment. Look, yeah. let's come to some music. This is uh, Jeff Bullock. Uh, oh Lord, uh, your tenderness. Please enjoy. Oh Lord.
And that was Jeff Bullock. Oh, Lord, your tenderness. Uh, welcome back. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time. Big Q&A with uh, Pastor Gary. Today our co-host is Eric Hoare. Eric ministers to the Adelaide Aboriginal Seventh-day Adventist Church. This week we're taking as our theme the journey of faith. And today we're asking, what is faith? Uh, Eric, bring it all together for us. Uh, does Hebrews uh, 11 have anything else to say to us? Oh, definitely. Oh, I love uh, Hebrews um, 11 uh, and verse 1 there when it talks about uh, living by faith. You know, it talks there about um, that faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So, and then it lists a whole pile of, um, of Old Testament people. And yeah. showing their, their faith. Like, look at the, some of these. It's amazing. Like, by faith, Joseph, who also lived his whole life without seeing the promised land, was confident still in God's promise. And he actually gave orders for his bones to be moved there one day after, you know, one day sometime after his death. Yeah. That's yeah. an amazing testimony. That's an amazing testimony of faith, isn't it? But do you know, to me, Eric, the thing that really stands out to me here is that what we've got is in the Old Testament, according to Hebrews 11, according to the writer of Hebrews, the Old Testament heroes actually live their lives by faith. Mm. You know, so many times I, I hear that the Old Testament is a, is a works-based book, but it says, it says no, 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 no. Mm. Hebrews 11 is just so clear to us, uh, that in fact, uh, you get a person after person actually lived their life in Old Testament times by faith. In fact, can I encourage you, uh, folks, uh, if, if you really want an incredible blessing, please uh, go to your Bible. Now, Hebrews is about a bit over halfway through the, through the New Testament. Go to Hebrews chapter 11. It's called the Great Faith Chapter. It, was a, it really challenges us on this issue of faith. Uh, please go to Hebrews 11 and just spend uh, just five minutes just reading it before you go to sleep tonight, I believe you'll richly, it'll richly bless you. Uh, Eric, back to you again. Yeah, and I think a lot of these folks here that it talks about Enoch and Noah, Noah especially, didn't live, you know, their lives weren't perfect, you know, yet here God is remembering the faith that Noah had. But what they're doing is that each of these people are living their life by claiming the promises of God. And to mm. me, Eric, I don't know about you, but that's the thing that I find really challenging in the Christian life. I mean, hey, you've just mentioned about this, uh, the concept of when you first became a, a Seventh-day Adventist, you, you know, working on Sabbath was a huge issue because you could get triple time on that day. And, you know, when you're bringing up a family, that makes a huge difference to the family finance. Uh, but finally, you take a, a step of faith and you decide to sell Christian books and you did it for 35 years. Tell me, did any of your kids actually starve? <laughs> no, no. Um, oh, look, I tell you, when you look back and you can see the blessings, it was absolutely amazing um, how it all fell into place. Um, and, and, you know, and two of my children actually followed me into that ministry. They actually wow. followed because of the stories of the way God was leaving when you go to homes and you're selling Bibles and people direct you to people who are searching for truth, then that really, really, you go home and share the stories with them. And so it not only builds you up in faith, we're talking about children to start with, it actually builds your family up in faith because the example of the household is that if we follow Christ and have faith in the family, it's that faith will be installed in our children at an early age and their faith, their faith now builds me up. 
Yeah, you know, I'm getting old, and I can see the faith in them. It sustains yeah, me. Now. Yeah, yeah, mm. and, and that's one thing that really stands out to me is that so many people that have taken this step of faith that, like you had to actually take, they get stories of the way the Lord actually responds uh, to uh, to their to their step of faith, and then they've got stories they can actually tell to their children, and suddenly their children are saying, "Hey, look, you know this Christianity thing. This is incredibly real." Mm. And yeah. And you're going to understand too that when you when you do something of faith like uh, these these people are talking about here in the Old Testament, the people would have been standing there watching them uh, and watching what was yeah. going on. And and yeah. then my family, my immediate family, no one was following Christ back then, and they thought I was crazy. You know that God would lead me, and they couldn't believe that. But now, you know, I'm so close to my sister now because we've come through all this, and He sustained us in every way. He blessed me. I mean, I wouldn't be sitting here today in Australia. If God hadn't have taken me on that journey, yeah. and same with you, you you know, uh, I know pastors who have moved twenty six times or more, you know, yeah. and they go where God calls them to go because that's their ministry, and God yeah. will lead us in our lives when we start to trust Him, at fully trust. I guess it took me when we talk about faith. I guess it took me a while to really trust Him that this was the way for me to go. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I don't want that to sound bad, but it does, it, you know, when you're humanly speaking, it, it, that trust is... There, is, there is are sometimes faith. things in the Christian life that don't appear mm. to make sense. I, I know no. myself, I mean, I, I certainly remember, and I, I don't have time to share it right now, but, uh, you know, when I, I first started returning a tithe to, mm. you know, on my income, at that particular time, I was actually working my way through, uh, through college. Uh, I, money was incredibly tight, in in those days and you know to actually take that step of faith in those days yeah. and yet there was some remarkable things actually happened to me mm. that I, I look at and I just simply say how did God answer the way that he did because the the funds that I were were given I, I, I actually received funds back multiplied, pressed down, and just bubbled over. And, uh, you know, all through my life I, I look at uh, occurrences that have happened in my life that I say, hey, um, you know, people don't understand how abundantly blessed uh, I've certainly, certainly been. But so often it's taking a, a step of faith to start with. That's right. And and often when you're trying to explain that, people, it really doesn't come out right because yeah. you know what it's done to your and life. And a step of faith has to be based, I believe, on the promises of God. It's so important to actually understand the promises of God. Eric, look, we're starting uh, to, to come towards an end. Can you give us just one last passage of Scripture? Yep, the last passage of Scripture I have here is, is a really important one. It says, and the apostles said to the Lord, uh, increase your faith. How, how can I increase my faith? Yeah. And in the next verse, the Lord said, so the Lord said, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the tree and it would obey you. So mm. what he's saying is we, we exercise our faith. We trust him. Uh, that is the way we do it in our devotional time. We do it in our prayer time and our study time. If we really believe, we will move in the direction the Lord wants because he's promised that whatever we move in, there'll be power there. Yeah. And that's yeah, what it's yeah. talking about here because they didn't understand, you know, a mustard the size of that. You know, it's incredible. Let's have prayer together. Father in heaven, Lord, I come to you right now. I want to say thank you for giving us Jesus Christ. Lord, I want to say thank you for sending us the gift of your Holy Spirit. I want to say thank you uh, for acting in our lives, for giving us abundant and precious promises. Lord, I just pray 
uh, that indeed uh, we will daily walk with you, that we will see your promises fulfilled in our life, that indeed we might be able uh, to genuinely walk by faith. Uh, Lord, we ask, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, folks, it does look like our time's up for today. Thank you so much for joining Pastor Gary and Eric Hoare on Drive Time Big Q&A. Please join us tomorrow when I share with uh, Pastor David Butcher and we ask, is faith just a crutch for the week? Really look forward uh, to being with you then. But until then, please remember, Christ said, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart, and the peace I give isn't like the peace that the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. May our God richly bless you. Uh, please enjoy uh, Ron and Patty Valet. I love the Lord. Supplications because he hath inclined his ear unto me, therefore will I call upon him the name of the Lord. O Lord, I beseech thee, deliver my soul. What shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits? Oh,